0: week on Merge Conflict, we talk about how to release an app, what goes into design and screenshots and app icons, and what happens when you finally hit submit on that app store. All this and more on this week's Merge Conflict. Frank, we've released quite a few apps over the years.
1: Yeah. uh, One last year for me. How about you?
0: Last year, Well, it depends. When I talk about apps, I talk about all apps, free or not, right? So you release a lot of paid apps. So you have some free apps, don't you?
1: Yeah, uh, no. Uh, free doesn't really work out too well when you're trying to pay rent, that kind of stuff. Uh, free's fun, but no, I don't actually have that many. I do have a patron-supported app, which Ooh. is different. It's different, James.
0: It's paid in a different way. See, I have the luxury of releasing free apps, being part of of Xamarin, right? I'm making applications for a conference, you can't really charge for a conference application. But over the years, you and I have both released a lot of applications and you're in the middle right now of actually releasing your next app to the App Store, which I'm super excited for. Uh, And no one on the show has probably heard of it yet, uh, but they will if they follow you at all on Twitter. Uh, or just your blog.
1: Yeah, I plan on spamming Twitter for quite a few days, so they won't and, be able to avoid it.
0: And I plan on retweeting and, and talking about the amazingness <laughs> of that you have, even though I can't really have anything that I'm going to run this app on. But I think what's really interesting is, no matter whether you have a paid app or a free app or a patron-supported application, we all go through the same process of kind of you know, putting this final 5% in. Yeah, I think you said 20%, but really... <laughs> you know, you put in, you you put in hours upon hours, weeks, months, maybe a year, two years building an application. And then you get to this point where it's, it's almost done or it's done and it's ready to go. And what I wanted to talk about today is what are you going through to release your application? What are the final steps? What puts it over the hurdle? Of course, you're going to Upload it to the app store, you know, like I, we, we know that, right? You, I have a developer account and then you upload it to the app store, but the final steps and what I mean, final steps, Frank, is like this application you're going to put out, people are going to pay for it. You know, you have to promote There's it. There's some responsibilities involved with that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important uh, to, to, to get that back. So I think the starting point that I wanted to jump on is, is where are you at right now in the, in the cycle? can you know where you are as of as of recording
1: i think we should build up the cycle maybe figure out what the cycle is and then we can locate me but um let's see what have i been working on i've been writing a lot of html lately that's the truth it's a little unfortunate but if you want to make a website you're going to write in html and if you want to write documentation it's going to be markdown or html going to be stuck in that world so which stage am I in? In the big cycle, I'm in the, oh my God, I need to document everything <laughs> because I wasn't documenting during development. So oh, it's it's tough to catch up like that. Uh, everything would be much better if I was writing the documentation as I wrote a feature. I've worked on uh, maintenance projects before, after the product's been released, then you're just adding fe- uh, little bits to the documentation. That's nice. But Unfortunately, in my case, no. I'm going back. I'm doing the full full load right now, just finishing that. But so, so are you beta m- testing currently? Are you getting feedback? Oh, yeah. Are you putting documentation inside
0: of the application then? Like, how is that kind of process? Because usually, when I boot up an application, there's nothing worse to me is when you get an application, you download it, and it just is like, you know what to do, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and I'm definitely called. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've done my share of that. I I call them blank applications. When you first load them, all you get is like a giant rectangle on the screen, like a white one or a gray one, and you're just like, ooh, what next? And you just have to start searching around for buttons. Yeah, so documentation. um, For that, I I always have lofty ambitions. I I wanna create easy to use friendly apps, and to do that right, I think you kinda have to integrate the documentation into the UI itself. So we've seen examples of that. Apple's tried it before by putting like little bubble tips, like uh, little yellow rectangles everywhere. But I think the common thing now that everyone does is kind of your intro to the app, like a five-page, very Mm. colorful, somewhat, yeah, lots of pictures, that kind of thing. Your five-page intro to the app and they force that dialogue on you the first time it loads. Do you like those dialogues?
0: So when I built my very first app five years ago, we ran into this problem, which was uh, we would launch, you would launch the application, and it would be a blank list view. Yeah. And yeah. there was a button that said Classic. "Add Computer." Classic. <laughs> uh, and you could click "Add," and this is an application that would connect to your PC, and you could just connect over Wi-Fi. And we had uh, multicast TCP and and all this stuff, so we could automatically detect the services that are running on the computer and configure. But you may have some issues. The problem is is that, what does that plus button mean? It's a generic plus button. You know, it can really mean anything. It's not like add PC. It's not like do this You have the confidence to hit that plus button, basically. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, what is it doing? So what we did is immediately, one of the very first things I did is I added a four-page start guide, a little view pager, if you will. And what it did is it walked through and it gave you a bulleted list of welcome, make sure you, and like the problem is you had to install something on your computer. So if you didn't install that software on the computer, the app's not going to work. So the very first thing it says, hey, go to the website, download the software on your computer, launch it, and you can set up a password, an optional password if you want to, just so we could handshake. Uh, And then uh, it would walk you through, and inside of there, I duplicated the functionality of adding a computer and then going, so I was like, hey, do this, you know what I mean? It was like, hey, make sure you get through this step and this process uh, and, and that was a little bit more than just like, Hey, here's how you use the application it was more like, this is the startup setting guy. This is what you're going to do. And then once you get in the app, hopefully it's self-explanatory,
1: gosh, we're a bit off on a tangent, but I gave a presentation some years ago when they added the await keyword to C sharp. And I developed a documentation system that was also a tutorial system and it would walk you through using the app, looking for the user to actually do something. Did they tap here? Did they move to the screen? Highlight this button. It's a lot like our UI test frameworks, except you could build tutorials in it and documentation in it. And I kick myself every day for never putting that in any of my apps. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, just when
0: you think about when I even, uh, uh, when I start up some applications today, sometimes they will do that little five page scrolly, like, cool, I know how to use this application, but then I don't really. Some some apps overdo it. I was just, I was forget what apps I was using recently. But it's like oh, every man. five minutes, it would do that oh. thing where it fades the entire application, and puts a circle like, you need to be really aware of this right now.
1: Like, mm-hmm. I don't really need to be aware of that right now. Oh, and it's funny, too, because I'm using a new email app. And at first, it was super obnoxious. It was putting uh, every time you went to a new screen, it would explain the screen. Every time you did a new action, it, it would explain that action. Oddly enough, usually after you did it, but some a lot of times before you did it. And um, after a day or two, I'm just like, I got to turn these things off. Like adaptively, <laughs> yeah. they were turning off. But at the same time, I got to the settings where I could turn them off. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to leave them on because I actually want to learn how to use every feature in this app. And so they're super annoying. But I don't know, some part of me actually just like the thoroughness of, wow, you really can learn an app completely here.
0: Well, what I kind of go back to is I take a look at how I used to um, create video games uh, and play video games is almost every single game starts with a tutorial of some sort. It's either verbal or it's yeah. actions that you want to do. I remember Halo, right? You you'd get and you would land. You'd be in there and it's like, hey, this is how you use a controller. Like you point up, point down, and it would. It was actually interesting because how they did that is when you looked up uh, and looked down, they would see if you wanted. Uh, the axes on the control, something oh, like the reverse. Fine, fine. So they automatically detected that for you. That nice. was smart. It wasn't yeah, a setting, yeah. they configured it. Um, and then you'd have but, this little uh-huh. thing where you go kill, but it's either that demo lasts 30 seconds to two yeah. minutes or it's like, 15 minutes and you're like oh banging your head against the wall just let me play this game yeah
1: and they're getting better of integrating it right into the game right like a lot of my favorite game is journey and the first level is the tutorial level and you you see that afterwards but when you first get into the game it feels like you're playing the game immediately those are the ones i love the best that really integrate the tutorial i don't know how to apply that to an app exactly we're a little more rigid, we're a little more structured, I guess, with our things. Well, it, depends.
0: it depends, Like you know, you don't sometimes need to explain everything to everyone because they may not use a feature. So you get to a point where you're doing your research through your beta phase, and you're like, oh, well, someone doesn't use this feature, but I'm telling them for two screens how to use yeah. it. Um, you know, maybe you step them into it when they get to the point when they hit save or when they hit new file or when they hit new thing, then you actually explain to them what's next instead of going through the whole thing in the beginning. But are you learning from your, so are you integrating beta feedback into this documentation or what what are you documenting? Like you were using it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Actually, um Let's actually step back. For the beta part, I I do the betas as early as possible. Once I have something kind of compiling and that does pretty much anything, I start recruiting beta testers. Usually I just get my friends involved, something like that. Um, You just got to get it on other devices. That's a lesson I learned over the years of releasing apps. You just got to put it on other devices just to make sure it doesn't crash. I mean... Bare minimum. Um, Most beta testers you don't get much feedback from. That's fine. Um, But at least they usually tell you if it crashes. So yeah, (laughs) Base, base level information there. Or Some sort go. of analytics, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Throwing all your crash, crash analytics. What if we, uh, what's it called now on Xamarin Hockey App?
0: You got Hockey App, you got no, App Insights, you got you got like a thousand different services. Yeah. Raygun, right? You can use all these different services.
1: So I was using those all the way up through the development of my app. Unfortunately, my app does tricky things with exception handling, and those libraries were getting in the way, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. I had to disable them, but they were invaluable, yeah, during the beta process. So that is not something you should wait to the end. That is not a part of releasing an app. Keep your beta running the entire time. You need it. Everyone needs it. So I've been integrating beta feedback forever over the last six months. Nothing's really changed there. And um, the big one, though, um, (laughs) I, I think I had this in a tweet once, but I realized that well, let me start with Miguel de Acaza of Xamarin fame, of Mono fame. I was at some conference and he said something that has really resonated with me. It stuck with me forever. He said, if you don't document it, it doesn't exist. And that has plagued me forever because it really, it made me think about, oh, I spent a week coding this feature, but I didn't bother to document it. So will anyone ever find that feature? Well, of course they'll find that feature, I assume, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so that <laughs> if you don't tell someone how it works, how are they going to figure out how to do it, right? It's yeah. it's it's literally that chicken and egg scenario where this amazing feature may exist, or even in a library that you create. We talk about documentation on GitHub, which we've ta- you know, we talk about, and uh, you and I often. It's it's if you if you have this hidden function, just because there's a dot. Doesn't mean it's going to do it. Maybe XML is yeah. going to document itself, but when you release a product, a physical good, yeah, um, that you, know, you for charge instances. money for. <laughs> I, I love Xamarin Studio because there's like a thousand bajillion hidden features in that thing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's it's and I mean Visual Studio is the same too. Like there's a thousand different things in there, but you go like in Xamarin Studio, it took me four years to find that there were um, templates that you could use. So you can I can write t- type something like try, oh yeah, like right? snippets, yeah little snippets it's built in uh into yeah, it There's fantastic i use them all the time there's uh you were showing me one time you know that there's a there's a search in the top right of samarin studio yeah uh, you can just type in that thing and it, it shows you stuff
1: command dot even better
0: command dot there you go and then you showed me there there's a area for for snippet and uh, not for snippets but for uh, all the keyboard commands like it's oh, very yeah. highly customizable you gotta
1: remap the keyboard You you gotta get crazy RSI. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. But you know, for me, it's like documentation-wise. Like, I'm not gonna go read documentation. Like I install an application, and I think the world that we live in is people are gonna go to the apps. Or when you release this app, Frank, they're gonna download it, they're gonna hit go and and they're gonna run it.
1: Priority number one is you have to build if not the most intuitive UI and sufficiently intuitive UI that people don't have to read the manual. You absolutely do not want to put a hundred page manual in front of them the first time. That's why even I get a little offended, even with the four page little animated things that some people do. I'm like, I can figure your app out. How hard could it be? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you got
0: the documentation, you're creating a website. Now we're no, no. We, we gotta
1: rewind. We're not getting off documentation that easy. Oh, geez. I gotta I finish. To get around. I know you tried. It, it was close. You almost succeeded. But I actually I have to finish uh, answering part of your question. Of writing the documentation is actually my last beta phase, hmm. because when I'm going through trying to explain how to use the app, oddly enough, you find lots of little quirky things with your app, like. You realize, oh, I want to explain this process, and oh my god, it took me five clicks, and then I had to explain this concept and that concept, and you just realize it's not good. So, the reason documentation also takes me a long time is I spend and just creating bug after bug of things that I want to refine in the UI to smooth out the user experience, and so it's fun. It's it's almost the last bit of feedback uh, phase <laughs> feedback that you'll get while writing the app. So there. That's it, I'm done with documentation, I promise. Documentation,
0: I mean, it's important. I think when my original documentation, when I wrote My Media Center was, I looked at all the beta feedback and we created one giant FAQ, that was documentation. Uh, for it, better or it's worse, nice.
1: and FAQs have their place. When you respond to the eighth support email, yeah, you kind of want to just put an FAQ or improve your UI even better. Yeah. But, yeah. The, the FAQ and
0: pointing someone to a link is that stopgap, right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's
1: something. It's due diligence. It's the minimum thing you really should do.
0: And, and I think that's what's important is that I'm a I'm a mobile developer. I'm not a web developer. Um, we even struggle with this podcast, like which pre-hosted, uh, pre-hosted web thing. Or we? I'm not going to go bootstrap something and figure we're out both a bunch of web developers.
1: Of... But we refuse to write a website for this thing.
0: We're exactly. like not re- doing it. I refuse. <laughs> so you have to generate a website and you have to host it somewhere. And this is your promotion. So is this your promotion phase? Or is this your documentation yeah. phase?
1: No, no, we're we're out of documentation. But they really bleed through to each other because in the process of figuring out how to describe your app in documentation, you're kind of figuring out the sales pitch a Mm. little bit too, which becomes very important. So the last phase after documentation is getting the, in my case, the iTunes webpage all set up, Mm. which includes your icon, your app title, your keywords, your all-important description that no one reads, (laughs) and most importantly, the screenshots and video. So you got to do all that stuff. What did I just name? Like five, six items?
0: Let's focus on, I'm going to focus on two things. Okay. First, icon. I've been told that an icon can make or break your application uh, if it's good or if it's bad. I've had a lot of success with Fiverr. Paying people 15, 20 bucks to make a bunch mm-hmm. of icons. I do a bunch of them, right? I wrote a whole blog post on how I love Fiverr. And I would spend like a hundred dollars to make you know five different people, five different icons. I give them the same thing because different people think differently. Uh, and it's worked out pretty good. Often, though, it's just like a letter with a drop shadow. Yeah. <laughs> like a really great looking letter. It's a great looking. That's a they great got a good font collection. <laughs> yeah, it's a great font with a great drop shadow. And 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 it's like, oh, this is white, it's different colors. <laughs> I've had really good success though. And uh, it, I, I followed it, like this, this theme, this style. When we made my media center so many years ago, uh, my art, our artist uh, and designer, Yale, who's a good friend of mine, he built this icon, it was like a grid guide because it was for DVR systems. And the company that I worked for at the time was called Seton. And what we did is we, well, he did, it. I didn't do anything, but he kind of curved it a little bit so it's kind of like a, a grid guide looking forward. So it had like a lot of thought behind it. And then what it did is the different colors mapped to different colors that were in the grid guide. And one of the colors is purple. And what he did is he made that show longer. So all of the colors, one purple show, and then everything else made a C. Uh, If you looked at it like a Mm -hmm. a rectangular C and no one, I don't know how many people picked up on it, but I thought it was really clever because there was, he put very, he put a lot of time around dimensions and pixels, like how far Mm -hmm. away. Mm-hmm. are these things. And, and that's then the colors that he selected, everything was a shade and a hue of something. I was like, I I would never have think of this. I'm like, oh, It's a good blue, you know?
1: Well, that's what an artist does. They have an aesthetic sense. They know how to pick colors. They know how to pr- pick proportions. That's ostensibly what you're paying them for. <laughs> so do you work I, I will your... give one warning though. Uh, if you're a programmer creating artwork, do not do clever. Clever is hard. Uh, turning weird shapes into letters that mean something. That I like. A personal pet peeve of mine is the F sharp logo. It's just, it's so clever. It's, it's a clever. diamond, right? Oh, it's oh, and there's an F in there, and there's a sharp in there. Oh, is there? It's very clever. You have to go take a anyway, look at this. <laughs> just a pet peeve. If you're creating your own artwork, uh, don't be clever. Designers, artists, they can be clever because they're good at their jobs. But pro tip, don't keep it keep it simple
0: there's a sharpen there's what
1: isn't there a sharpen there
0: it's a, it looks like a i've i've always wondered what the heck this f sharp logo is
1: yeah i guess um, you had to see all its competitors to understand the process but if you saw it slowly maturing you saw how it evolved from uh, just the text f sharp into this logo
0: yeah, and C sharp doesn't have a logo. I never. I, I I know when I see it, I get it. But C sharp doesn't even really have a logo at all either. Yeah, they
1: um, don't need logos. They're languages.
0: They're languages, um, or do they?
1: I don't know. Okay, um, so back to icons, though. I have to agree with you. They're pretty darn important. Um, it, it's hard to measure these things. I've never A B tested an icon, but I know just mm. anecdotally, if I do a search for something and I get the uh store grid of icons to choose from it's a little different now because now you get screenshots but there are cases i think if you're in itunes on the mac or something like that you just get a grid of app icons the name and I, usually the review but not all of them have reviews and what do you look for when you get that list i look at the icon and then i look at the reviews or just the star review I kind of yeah. ignore the name
0: yeah I'm an Android user so we don't even get uh, screenshots we get an app icon Ooh. and yeah. yeah we get an app icon we get a little marker if they're a Google like um, trusted developer like they have like are there feature developers Ooh. so okay. like, a, like does that a,
1: affect you then if you search randomly you would go for a feature developer
0: uh, no. Nope. Just uh, but some people, I could okay. say, absolutely. It's yeah. kind of like Twitter with a verified. It's like you're a verified yeah. developer. I,
1: I'm I'm just saying, what makes a difference of your buying choice, though? But oh, you ignore that one.
0: Man, uh, if I'm looking for something, I was look. What was I looking for recently? I was looking for a little application uh, to take notes or something like that, and. Sure. I, I go through and I just, m- most of the app icon, if it's from Google, I'm just going to install that first. So if you're building
1: okay, uh, brand name. icon, Ignore it's all icons,
0: brands. like a professional icon. Then the next step that I look at is I click on it and it's all about the screenshot art. We have videos. I never yeah. watch them. Yeah. Um, but never, I've never like in probably in the last four years, I've never watched a video of you that someone has uploaded to it because I'm on the go. So I don't want to waste bandwidth, but I look at the screenshots because on, it's very important. And, uh, is are the I love when an app updates its screenshots as the app evolves it's mm. so like every time there's changes like there's changes to that artwork but also like if your artwork looks drastically different from the app that I install it's kind of like well what am I what's going on here but like you're not paying it's attention too
1: late you've already it's too bought
0: late by that point yeah which well, it's
1: is in there. an argument I I, I kind of want to make to people. You can spend forever on an app, but the thing that people buy is actually all that metadata you put in the store. They don't buy your app. Unless you're on Android, you have trials or something like that maybe. Uh,
0: you, so you can, on Android, if you buy an application, you can uninstall it within 15 minutes and get a refund or something like that. Okay. It used to be Either 24 way, I'm hours. I'm
1: going to make the point, on the iTunes store, at least classically, you're selling the ad. Yeah. What, what I ad. really like, what I really like is the
0: icon has to be pretty good. It doesn't have to be amazing, icons or whatever. Yeah. But it's something that I want to tap on. But also that screenshot, if it's anything that's not material design, I'm not going to install it, right? If okay. if your app is not looking good or it's just been there for a long time, I don't care if it's been updated in a long time, but it just looks old, I'm probably not going to install it. But that app, that, app, that star is very important. But also on, on, on Google Play, you get like two lines of text to describe your application right. before you have like to it hit more. ITunes. Yeah. Yeah, then you have to hit more. And you those read first two lines I do read that. That's the only thing I read. Yeah. I don't I don't read anything. True. No. Nothing else, just that. That's
1: all I read. Screenshots, screenshots. icon, then screenshots, then description. What Correct. about the name? Did the name matter? Uh mm, no. very little.
0: Doesn't. For, yeah, name's help you in search results, right? So if you release sure. an app called um uh, hello world. Mm. And that hello world application uh, does something for Twitter integration, or I don't know something else. So you'd be like, "Hello world, your Twitter blah blah blah." Like so, keywords is what Apple is picking up on, and Google picks up on. So, uh,
1: okay,
0: yeah. So uh, you know, if you, let's say you're creating a podcasting app, just saying. So maybe it's a podcasting app app that has a fancy name, but then you don't put podcasting in the
1: title. Like your application is not going to show up, Frank. Um, and yeah, actually, I want to address that real quick because it, actually. As far as anyone can tell, the title is way more important than the keywords. Yeah, actually. totally. People stress out about their keywords, but it turns out Apple's search is pretty terrible. And unless you yeah, got those Google. keywords in your title, your app mm-hmm. just doesn't get found.
0: My 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 Meetup Manager, which I love, is called Meetup Manager. So when people search for Meetup, it comes up. But I, I put it's like uh, it's called Meetup Manager check-ins for organizers. No, the app when you download it yeah. is just called. Um, you know, meetup, um, meetup or whatever, something, yeah, right. But that's the whole name of the application because if someone's searching like meetup organizers or organizer check in or whatever, like that's what that's what Apple shows up. And as soon as I changed that title, it it was a huge, huge boost to my application.
1: Yeah, and that makes me a little sad actually. That uh, Android has the same problem. Google Mm -hmm, has the same problem. Oh Mm -hmm. man, you'd think they'd be a little better at the search. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you
0: do into Remedy? Are you creating your own icons? You work with a designer? How does that work for you?
1: A little bit of both. I usually um, make my own, uh, which is ridiculous. It's definitely programmer art. But one of the reasons I got into writing my own apps is because I'm obsessive about everything and I like controlling everything. So <laughs> I think uh, people who get to know me get used to that concept, too. But uh, yeah, you have to throw it by some designers, if not to have them critique it and tear it apart a little, but if just to throw ideas at you. So I've gone two ways. Uh, I've started with designers. I've tried the cheap way, as you were describing before, Mm -hmm. uh, which doesn't work very well, is what I found. No, Barely. You can, for a very little bit of money, you get very little bit of quality. That's just how it is. Funny how that works. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) It's almost like you pay what you get for.
1: So I don't know if we want to talk about specific numbers or anything like that. But as far as I can remember, there are a lot of freelance designers out there that for a thousand or less dollars, U.S., sorry, we're in America, they'll at least take a good shot at something for you and give it it a good effort. So those are usually worth the investment. And there are others that will do it for cheaper, obviously. Uh, but I find with most things in life, the more you pay someone, the better job they do. <laughs> Usually, they give you
0: more revisions on
1: it, things like that. Yeah, now, they're a little more tolerant of you bouncing ideas back, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And
0: have you seen your artwork or things that you submit to the app store evolve? Like we've been doing that for five or six oh, years. Yeah. How oh, is it, you know how are, this is? This is your first. This is your first app release in how long?
1: A uh, new app. New app design Good since Kaluga. No, MoCast was after Kalka.
0: MoCast was. Yeah. Spacey. Spacey. A year right ago. Spacey. A year ago.
1: When did the yeah, I don't know. I don't keep track of dates. It's not important. Uh,
0: version numbers, dates, not icons
1: important. totally change, though. Um iCircuit I is my favorite example because that was out on the iPad 3, uh, iOS version 3. That's where it started out. And at the times, uh, what did it had? It had this like <laughs> what do you even call it like a starburst going on in the background uh, with a gradient on top of it Mm. Uh, the logo itself was recessed with a super heavy embossing like that it was yeah it was classic ios we all call it ios 6 now but it was classic yeah super design super heavily designed many layers uh that icon slowly evolved i changed the background color uh all those layers and the logo itself to what it is today and I'm today's design was actually my redesign for iOS 7 but things have kind of stuck with that style on iOS we're all pretty happy with it and in particular that icon I love myself so that one's not going to change unless Apple does something super crazy with the operating system. But then iCircuit's even funnier because it's on multiple platforms. And you can't take an iOS icon and put that on the Mac and you can't put it on Windows, though I do sometimes. So you've got to redesign it all for that. So that means contacting your designer again, getting a whole new icon done, who knows all that stuff. But the def- definitely the icon has to change with the times and the platform. I mean, that's just basic app 101. Everything else is just lazy.
0: And I've noticed this big, there's a big trend in artwork in screenshots, which is normally, you know, when I go through, I just pick out some good looking screenshots, I yep. snap it and it looks good. But I've yep. been noticing these embedded artwork yeah. things to describe what the app does.
1: I'm a fan. Are you? I love I, it. Yeah, I haven't done it with my apps yet, but I think that's to the detriment of my apps. I think uh, for this new app, that's how I'm doing. If not all the screenshots, at least the first couple that introduce the features, it's almost like the same four features that you would introduce in your documentation uh, or in your help screen, do it for those four. Uh, the tricky part here is with videos on iTunes because if you make a video, that usually becomes your first uh, screenshot shown mm. along with your app, and I think this trend of the embedded picture that allows you to put a caption on it came out because people wanted a better first picture. Mm, yeah. So now the scarier trend is: do you do an embedded thing inside your video so that you can uh. still do captioning on your video because your video is the first thing that people will see?
0: Yeah. See on Google Play, what happens? They put the video, and you have banner art. You have this big uh, right. Uh, right. We don't have by. that yet. Yeah. And then if you, if you don't upload a video, it's just a big banner art, which you can get a lot of information across and that parallax is up. Or you have a video thing that overlays on top of it. So the video is actually transparent. So it's just on top of whatever's there, which is super nice. And then you scroll down. Uh, and I've looked at some of my statistics and videos that I've done. And I think people watch them. Uh, yeah. I don't.
1: Okay. I don't. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the videos myself, but I have to imagine if someone's on the edge of deciding whether to buy your app, a video can put them over the edge. Yeah. Uh, maybe both sides of the edge, but <laughs> whatever.
0: Yeah, I think so. Even in a free application, if you have in-app purchases, things like that. I mean, this is something. It's an app that they're going to invest in. Over yeah, time. yeah.
1: It's a mental burden, if not a monetary one, for sure.
0: Yeah, and and I think my biggest burden that I've always had is that you have to generate screenshots for every oh my single God. It's killer. size. And you want them to be this? I want them. And I want I was, them to be God, the same. so
1: bad. It used to be like two sizes, one size. Oh God, the one size days. Those were the days. I looked, what are we up to? Like six sizes? Seven? Uh, I don't even know. It's four, four, like so five, like phones, six. six iPad. Plus, iPad,
0: iPad, Pro, iPad <laughs> Retina, Apple Watch, Apple and TV. And technically,
1: you can do a video for each one of those too. Oh goodness, are you serious? Yeah, it's just like. Yeah, that <laughs> you can get really depressed looking at that form of the blank spots that you leave in it, but you got to call it um, quits somewhere.
0: Yeah, and I, I put as many screenshots as I can, but really the first one, the first two are all that matter, uh, I would say. Um, so interesting. Oh, yeah I, I I'm looking at I'm looking at your I'm looking at Spacey, and the iPhone and the iPad ones are quite different. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, well, a the, game the, the, that. The,
1: yeah, that one scales to the screen. In fact, Spacey's funny because I first wrote it for the watch only, huh. and then I ported it to the iPhone. I'm like, ah, oh, what the heck? You could play on the phone, and I'm like, ah, oh, what the heck? I want to play on my iPad. <laughs> uh,
0: this is and this is actually so. Uh, what's interesting is uh, there's definitely some apps that are optimized for iPads. You really want to like almost really yeah. take a lot of care into that. Space- uh, I, I don't.
1: Uh, I think apps almost start out on a platform and then the other platform just becomes secondary. Like the app that I'm releasing now started on the iPad and the other ones I kind of had to port it to. I see. Spacey started on the watch. Calco started sense. on the Mac. <laughs>
0: yeah, that makes sense. The When I upload uh, applications, I always include an iPad version, even if I didn't optimize because... A lot of downloads come from a Meetup Manager. I just let it yeah. stretch. I don't do well, the 2X because no one downloads it because it doesn't show up in the app. You just have to apps, do it, right?
1: if nothing else, to be polite because using a mm. scaled-up iPhone app on the terrible. iPad is miserable. Terrible. Yeah, don't do, don't that, do that, that to people. Oh, please don't. Yeah,
0: that's that's a lesson learned. I did that for the uh, Evolve 2014 app, and that was a terrible idea. So I just scaled it. It totally works. It works fine. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so artwork done. Now that you were leading up, do you have a checklist? You, do you have a checklist that you have like a, a clear like no. checklist when you're releasing. I, I wish account. I
1: was that organized. I listen to other podcasts and hear from other people that are way more organized than me. No, I unfortunately keep that checklist. I I take that back. When I say I don't have a checklist, I mean I don't have a standard checklist. Okay. But I work off of checklists. This is how I run my day. So when I'm releasing an app, I build up a checklist for sure. I can even bring it up right now, but. I'm not smart enough that I remember to reuse the checklist between different apps. I wish I was that organized, are you?
0: Uh, no, I just, I just go with it. I mean essentially the app store is gonna tell you what's wrong um, with it and when, I, when I'm building applications, I go through and upload all the artwork, do all this stuff. I have a weird process. My process on both Android and, and iOS are, are intriguing. I create a beta build and that uh, it's, it's a sorry, it's it's my GM build, but yeah. first goes into beta channel. That I, I do the I, same
1: thing on yeah yeah. ITunes. Only
0: I have access to. I sent it to test flight. Uh, I don't trust. I don't trust that you compile an app and it just and it may
1: just work and
0: install. Right, you haven't tested that final
1: build. Like oh, that it was build worse than the old days when like signing was really broken. You would be literally uh, uploading a build that you can't test anywhere. Yeah, like or at least if you weren't smart enough to learn how to re-sign things, you could not test it anywhere. And then Apple would take three weeks to approve it, and then someone would finally get it. And oh,
0: yeah, it's terrible. It's scary. So you're you're going up. So let's talk about the, the App Store is done, uh, your app's going to look great, and you have archived everything. Uh, Did we uh, talk
1: about building the website yet? Oh, we have to build a website which contains documentation, a which contains... A support link, a privacy which explains link. a privacy link. But let's talk about the support for just a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a place for people to email you because people will always want to email you. At least a place where they can freeform enter box uh, text. Oh, they love But it. then, yeah. ideally. You don't want private communications with people. You'd rather uh, build an online uh, database, your FAC, as it were. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you want either a forum or a FAC that you can easily add to and upgrade over time. So you got a user that voice support or something. Though. Yep. A user voice or something. Or then user voices really changed their uh, pricing model. And I don't think I'm going to be using them anymore.
0: Maybe like a a discourse or there's like a bunch of these like free different tools. Yeah,
1: I use this funny forum software. That's for a forum, um, which I find better than just a comment engine or something like that because you can get more organized in a forum and pin things and do stuff like that. Um, But definitely for just feature submission, yeah, you might want to break that out into its own little database or something. So do you get tons
0: of emails from people you get, I mean, when oh, I, yeah. I, so I have montemagno.com and it's a super old, you can you can hear me typing, uh, an old mm-hmm. WordPress site. And I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I feel like if you Google James Montemagno, you're gonna find me and figure out a way to contact me. But on that website, which takes a while, I have a contact, which find the worst thing I did. It doesn't have my personal email, but it, um, it has a name, email, and then a little box. And a captcha, there's two, there's two fields. That's, it's super janky. And you hit submit and it sends me an email to my personal email. Nice. Terrible idea. Do you get any spam with that? I don't. <laughs> I, I surprisingly <laughs> don't, which is crazy. Um, I just get people emailing me, but I feel like there's other ways to contact me. But I mean, you got to build it into your app. I felt like when I released an app, if I didn't build a feedback mechanism or do the best thing I ever did was I integrated that stupid pop-up that asked you to rate the app. Yeah, I did it. I told, after 30 days pop yeah. it up. 30 yeah. days or 50 uses. Uh because then my stars shot up. I mean that's for like how do you keep promotion promotion and get good review, reviews because if you don't ask people to rate it and also on iOS you got to rate it with every release. So stupid. Um
1: yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, I, I put that into iCircuit. Actually, it's not in there right now because there was an internet reaction back against those things and people yeah. started leaving one-star reviews just to complain about the review system. And back then, I reacted by taking it out. Um, but yeah, the truth is it helps It helps so much because yeah. the rating system in iTunes is so kind of messed up.
0: That's correct. If you're listening to this podcast, go head over to iTunes right now and please <laughs> give us a five- Star review, <laughs> we would love that. But no, it is. Yeah, it's it's super unfortunate. Important.
1: Those it's, stars matter, unfortunately.
0: The worst is when I browse any website or I browse any, go through any application, and it does that pop up for a survey. Like I just, I just opened the application. I don't know yeah, if I love it. No, oh, no. I was You've using. Gotta be
1: generous. Yeah. I was using this
0: app, and it's and it opened. Ugh, I hated this dialogue. It popped up a dialogue box, and it said, "Do you love this app? Yes or
1: mm-hmm. no."
0: Mm-hmm. Uh And I hit. I mean, I like the app.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it was a real judgment call for you then.
0: And so I hit no. And then it opened uh-huh. a feedback form where I could send them feedback. Yeah. But here's the thing. You just stopped me from using the application. Yeah. yeah. Right. Give me a maybe later or something. So that's why yeah. when I did that, when I did that, I never had that pop-up come up within 30 days. Yeah. And after 30 days, they've had to have used the application at least 50 times.
1: That's pretty good. I've heard better ways to do this. Um, People keep counters of how many successful operations has someone done in the app. Mm -hmm. And until you've crossed the counter, and maybe you decrement that counter when something wrong happens, like an error is shown. So you can only pop up the dialogue that people are having good experiences with in your app. Now that's maybe not ethical or anything like that, but it certainly does bias those stars towards a positive end. Does
0: get you those stars. So this but this website is going to be the forefront. This is where you're going to drive people to go uh, at this point. So you've created this website, ASP.net, bootstrap, yeah. Squarespace.
1: You actually want me to tell you my host does it really matter? Easier to generate would you build this yourself? You, you want people to hack my server. That's what you're saying. No. <sighs> No, you should always, always try to get someone else to host your stuff. Um, Just talking from personal experience, I think of myself as a pretty good developer, but every server I've ever run has eventually become a spam server within three to six to nine months. So do try to find uh, hosting for your website, preferably app hosting, so you don't have to write any code or anything like that.
0: Yeah. In the case... I love html5up.com, they have a lot of templates that you can use that are free, Nice, Uh, and they have some that are built for just like Visor, for instance, Visor.io uses it, Um, Kush's um, app to to mirror Android, but they're like built, like it's like here's a phone, you put the screenshot in it, it's like super nice, Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's like a launch point for your application. I mean, people are going to look at this, and they're going to look at it probably on a mobile device, Uh, it may need to be mobile optimized
1: yeah yeah actually uh so i wrote my website from scratch for the new app and i I probably spent way well don't be (laughs) hate expectations uh but i did spend a lot of time making sure it was responsive because yeah it's got to look good on a tiny little iphone 4s even if it's an ipad app even if it's a mac app you know you got to look good on an iphone So, yeah, you write the website. What else is included on our website? Did we hit everything? You got the forum. You got a way to email you. You've got feature requests. You've got a FAQ. You've got your documentation. You've got your front page, which is uh, just more advertisements, more marketing. Uh, For me, I break the front page down into features with lots of animated GIFs so that people can just quickly scroll through, see what this app's got, see what it kind of looks like, how it's going to feel. I like that. Uh, it would be oof. cool as
0: almost if you could embed a little demo of the application into okay, your well, website play with it.
1: it's native. It's not for web. <laughs> oh, I know. You know what I
0: mean. Though. Like a little... Yeah. That's true. That'd be cool. So, Maybe with... <laughs> You go through all this. So you do this for all of your application. I, I have the luxury of sometimes working with a marketing team because I work yeah. I, I'm not independent. it's that different. It's luxury when you know when I launched the evolve application, uh, you know we didn't have like a marketing website, but I had the web team integrate in that stupid little ad that pops down and says, "Hey, you're on an iPhone. you're on the website. Do you want to install the app? A smart banner?" That was important. Mm-hmm. I had to work with them to tie the website together, get promotional icon yeah. artwork to get the icon made, even though it was just a Zamagon. There yeah. was a very important gradients to follow the marketing branding. <laughs> sure. and I, did yeah. the, I did the screenshots, but no one had guidance over me. So I put my face in every single app store. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that You're was, a good
1: looking guy to work.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cute, uh, I thought. Uh, and it, it was fun. I thought that was a little bit, nice little click back, little, um, little thing that's in there. Uh, And then it was just go time. Like I published all the applications. I went through the beta phases and I got ready to launch. But at that time, it's not like we're in the glory days that we are today that every app store will approve or decline within 24 hours. Thank you, Apple. At that time, it was a week still on Apple. So I submitted my iOS version three weeks before the conference.
1: Yeah. Plenty of time, right?
0: Yeah. Plenty (laughs) of time. By then, I had already found so many bugs that I needed to submit a new app. Ouch. Bye. Well, you know, a few of them that I needed to fix now on, on Android and Windows. I was just uploading them nonstop. A little
1: our earlier beta testing. Went yeah. Out. So you go to release
0: the application, Frank. Now, are you doing prep? Are you talking to, you've released many apps. So you have a reputation. Okay. Are you talking to other websites? So this is a good question. Like the buildup, right? You're, you're ready to release the app. You, you've you submitted it to the app store about to. And you're pending release. We, you know, we, you're pending release, right? You never yeah. auto-release. Yeah. And I, there's a, important days that you release on Monday or Tuesday. I think is this you take this into consideration. I would say any
1: any day before Thursday is fine. You you can pull off a Wednesday.
0: So why why though? Why is why are these days important?
1: Oh God! The, you're asking a developer who pretends to play marketer for one to two months out of the year. Yeah. I've done this like for five or six, seven years, but I only pretend for so many months per year. So please, everyone who's listening, take everything I say with a grain of salt, especially after I say, I think I could do a much better job with all of this. So that, James, to answer your question is, what do I do for marketing lead up? Nothing. Zero.
0: Go. Yeah. Is the 1.0 super important for you? Is it soft? 1.0 is it the, 1.0's
1: in, the most important thing, but let me explain to you how app store sales work. Hit me your app is either going to sell very well or it's not Um, you're going to upload it and if you say not a word and you do well on your first day you're going to have a good app sales history if you have to promote every download out of your app it's chances are maybe you can get it up to a running cycle as long as you're actively promoting it, promote it, promote it, promote it, it'll sell, it'll sell, but the moment you stop promoting it, it falls off. So the whole point of promotion in the beginning is simply to just give your app the first best start it can. But I wanna make it clear that if you're looking to make money off of apps in a long run, it's either gonna make money or it's not. No, None of this lead up promotion is gonna matter. I've even heard um, uh, much larger uh, but still independent Apple developers, I'm thinking of Marco Arment, who said he's hugely famous in the Mac and iOS development community. He's got a very large following. He's built a lot of fantastic apps. He's got basically everything you could want out of uh, an early promotional opportunity. But he says, just like everyone else, sales drop off after that first week. That's just how apps are. You can promote them, promote them, but they're just going to fall off. They're going to get to their long tail quickly. And the height of that long tail is just the quality of the app and how well, how good your icon is, basically. <laughs> yeah, how good is that icon? <laughs> and that first screenshot. Um Okay, so all that said, but promotion's still fun. Promotion's still worthwhile because it's good to have a big first sales day. It, it certainly feels good, especially after you've spent six months writing an app. You want to get a lot of money in the bank, but yeah. Um, so we, we can go into that. But I just wanted to be clear that.
0: Well, I think what I'm excited, uh, what I'm excited for is to see how this goes. By the time we're back talking about it, in the net we'll have a whole podcast on just how that first day, how that first week felt. <laughs> how did you deal with all that angst? I have a whole blog post about after oh, I released a God, blog. Yeah. That, we could do a whole podcast on that subject. Oh, we will. We will. Because um, yeah. we got to wrap up this one. I'm super excited, Sounds though, because we're at the point now that Frank's ready to launch. He's good to go. By the time you hear this, it'll probably be out on the App Store. Uh, and he'll be tweeting it heavily. Uh, so where can they find you to follow these tweet streams of all the amazing things that you're creating, Frank?
1: Yeah, they can find me on Twitter. I'm preclarum. It's P-R-A-E-C-L-A-R-U-M. And my name's Frank Kruger In case you don't actually want to search for that crazy string of characters, and where can they find you, James?
0: And I'm James Montemagno, literally at James Montemagno. The best part now is that when you head over to MergeConflict.fm, you will find all of the beautiful, glorious podcasts. You'll find links to iTunes where you can leave a review, and of course, you can find us on Google Play, on Stitcher, on all the other places, including just RSS. And there's little, little icons, little circle images of our beautiful faces.
1: Oh, thank God they circles.
0: Got to have those circle images, and you. You can learn everything all about merge conflict over at mergeconflict.fm. Ah, so it's been lovely, Frank, spending this afternoon talking about all the the angst that you all have the to angst. go through.
1: Yeah, I don't think we have been that angsty, but, but it, it did feel good. Thank you.
0: Absolutely, it's going to be fun. I cannot wait to see what happens. So, until next time, I'm James Montemagno. and I'm Frank Krueger.
1: Goodbye. Bye.